Father, it is my prayer at this time that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, the hearing and understanding of those present would be acceptable in your sight now and forevermore. Amen. Well, the past few weeks we've been... Uh, talking about the life of Mary and looking to see if, if, if Mary has some things to teach us. And we come today to the miracle where Jesus turns water into wine, the wedding at uh, uh, Cana. Um, let me read that. It's the, from John chapter 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the house or the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water but that had been turned to wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he told the bride, took the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine, after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best until now. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. Again, one of those stories, I couldn't tell you how many times I've read it, how many times I've heard it, but trying to think differently, in particular, trying to focus on the part Mary had to play here, I saw something new. Now, typically, I think, as I had thought about Mary in this, my first look going into it was the fact that, well, here's Mary pushing Jesus. He says, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready to do miracles. But here's Mary saying, do the miracle. But that's not what I wanted to focus on. After he said that, he turned to the servants and said to them, do whatever he tells you. And then the miracle happened. I've really been thinking hard about that statement. Do whatever he tells you. What good advice? Especially when she's talking about Jesus. 
do whatever he tells you. And then the miracle happens. If we look at the story, this might not have happened if they didn't do what he told them to do. They took jars that were meant for special water. They were meant for water. They were meant to carry water that was used for ceremonial cleaning, which means these jars had never had anything else in them but water. Nothing but water. They were clean. They were as clean as a jar could be. And actually, since the water got turned into wine, technically the jars are ruined. But still, if they hadn't done that, the miracle wouldn't have happened because the jars still had to be filled. They were empty. Do whatever he tells you. Are we doing whatever he tells us? Again, good advice. Mary knew Jesus wasn't going to lead them wrong. And I think we all know today that Jesus isn't going to lead us wrong. Are we doing whatever he tells us? I'm reminded of the story of the man who prayed every week. Dear Lord, please let me win the lottery. Every week he'd get down on his knees and say, please, Lord, let me win the lottery. And he didn't win. And the next week, please, Lord, let me win the lottery. And he didn't win. Week after week until he grew old and passed away. And he stood at the gates of heaven and God welcomed him in and he said, hey, I prayed every week to win the lottery and I never did. God said, well, you didn't buy a ticket, did you? <laughs> Things happen in our lives and not always just to us, and not always just for us, but sometimes because of us. We are called to do things. Christianity, unfortunately, is not a, a, a passive thing where we just accept Jesus and we sit in our pew and we sing and we pray, and there's more to it. Because Jesus has things for us to do. Now, there, there are some things that some people are called to, and there are other things that other people are called to. But there are a few things that every single one of us is called to do. Let's start with loving one another. That's there. We're meant to 
spend time with God. That's there. We're meant to love our enemies. We're meant to feed the hungry, take care of the poor. These are things we are all called to do. As Mary said, do whatever he tells you. Some of us are called or led in different directions to do different things, but each of us is called to something. And the truth is, we have a choice. We have choices. When Jesus tells us to do something, we have a choice as to whether or not we do it. But it's when we do those things that the miracles happen. Isn't it? For example, I feel called to preach here. I feel like I'm doing what God called me to do. And Robin has said it's a miracle every time I stand up in front of people and talk. This is not what I would choose to do. But I'm being obedient and... and the miracle happens. Just being here for me has been a great blessing. I wouldn't trade it for anything. But when we love one another, hearts get softened. Emotional wounds heal. When we spend more time with God, sometimes our hearts become fuller. It becomes easier to love people. It becomes easier to do the things God wants us to do. It becomes easier for us to know the things that God wants us to do. How can we do what he tells us to do if we're not listening? And that's when the miracles happen. There's a young man I've been uh, spending some time with in the jail who he's 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 one of those guys who who found Jesus in jail. It's, it's, it's a good place to find Jesus, isn't it? If you've, if you've got no Jesus in your life, you find him when you're at the very bottom, and jail's, a, jail's one of those places. And he's beginning to pray. It's a very new experience for him. He, he, grew up, he grew up in the church when he was a kid, and like as soon as his parents told him that he didn't have to go anymore, he quit, and that was it. But he's, he's found himself under the wing of a few 
strong Christian men in the jail and they're teaching him to pray and he he finds so much peace in his heart. When I met him, he was a mess. He couldn't stop crying because his 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 life was is so ruined. It's less than a month later, and he has so much peace in his heart. He is afraid that his life is still ruined, but he has peace. Because he knows that God is with him. He knows that he is forgiven by God. Maybe not by the justice system, but he knows that God has forgiven him. And he's seeking the forgiveness of those whom he wronged. We do what he told what he tells us to do. The miracles happen. My hope for you is that you, dear servants of Christ, will take the opportunity. To do what he tells you. To do what he tells us. To find what it is he wants us to do. To listen. To consider. To do. And the miracles will happen. This program has been copyrighted under the Creative Commons Attributes Non-Commercial Share-Alike License. If you would like to contact Colin, please feel free to email colinroberts412 at gmail.com. service is over. Your service may now begin. As we go from this place, let us go forth doing whatever he tells us with his strength. Amen.